All righty. First things first, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all of you and your families out there. Welcome once again to Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. The number, as always, is 201-939-4513. I am Ross Salzberg. My buddy here to my left today, as always on Wednesdays, is the two-time former Super Bowl champion, offensive lineman, David Deal. And Dave, I guess... Yep. Uh, these are the, as a football player, a guy who's played the game, th- yeah. these are the ones you don't want. You don't want it to be the 16th game of the season being your last game of the season. No. It is what it is. So uh, you tell me, unfortunately, you at times had been in this position. What's the mindset of the players going into this game? Well, well I think, number one, the mindset of this football team should be, number one, go out and play and perform at the best of your ability for your last time at home to close the season on a high note, not only for the fans in this organization, but for yourself. Do yourself your, some justice here and make sure that whatever you do this weekend up against the Cowboys, that you leave it all on the line because let's face it, this roster is going to completely change again going into 2019. And this is the last opportunity for you to wear your uniform, that number, and represent who you are as a person, as a player, and the character and the quality guy that you are in this locker room. So when you have these opportunities, number one, just to play on Sunday, it's a privilege. It's not a right. You are blessed to be doing what you're doing. And don't ever take that for granted because these opportunities for some of these players who may have taken things for granted this season, it may never come again. So leave it all on the line. Lay it all on the line for this football team and – Go into next season with some momentum, a positive note of what you guys have done post-buy. Let's face it, this is the Cowboys we're talking about. This is a division rival, and ever since I became a Giant in 03, what's the thing that fans always say to you? Well, good luck, and make sure you beat the Cowboys this year. End the high note with beating the Cowboys at home. Leave doubt in their mind going into the playoffs, and leave some positivity going into your mind to build off of for this offseason. Because you may say it's a cliche, well... You know, does that really matter? It does. It does make a difference. I'll never forget going back to 2004. My second year, Eli's first year going back in as the starter towards the second half of the season. It was Coach Coughlin's first season as the head coach. We won our last game, and it did a lot for us as a football team to build confidence that you're going in with a good feeling, knowing that if you put in the work and you dedicate yourself But more than anything, that you sacrifice for one another, there's no telling what you can do the following season. Look at this season. Look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Did anybody expect them to be there right now? No. Absolutely no one. In fact, they expected them to be vying possibly for an AFC title. And you could talk the Baltimore Ravens. While Joe Flacco's injured, Lamar Jackson's an unproven commodity. Is he a tweener? Is he a quarterback, a wide receiver? They figured out the way to make that happen. And time and time again, and year in, year out, there are teams that the next year, people have expectations or naysays about them, but they can completely turn things around based upon learning from what happened this season. Don't ever lose the lesson when you lose a game or when you have a season like this and build upon that because the core players, there's veterans on this football team that know what it takes to win in the NFL on Sundays. You always made a comment. I mean, we've spoken at length or we're blue in the face off the air, but you've made the comment here several times uh, last couple of years on the air. The tape 
doesn't lie. No. And that has been what I've gotten from, to a man, each and every giant that I've spoken to. Hey, you know, because people ask the attitude, what you have, what do you feel like going in? He says, the tape doesn't lie. No. So you want to make damn well sure that you're performing at your best. You're giving it all 100%. Doesn't matter if you're... Oh, and 15 or whatever, you got to go out and perform. And, I, you know, in fairness to the players, even though the Tennessee game was a stinker, yep. th their effort hasn't waned at all. No. And, and they certainly played their asses off last week. It was, a, a you know, a, a bitter pill to swallow ending. Yep. Certainly not the way anybody liked. But listen, there was no Odell. You did, and there were other guys that weren't in there as well, including Pulley, and, yep. and including um, Ogletree, uh, Ogletree, including Collins on IR, Russell Shepard, yep. who, who with Oldell out, Russell Shepard was missed. And you yep. know what? And they didn't have a running game in, in that game. And Sterling Shepard, who came off a lousy game, maybe his worst game of the season in Tennessee, came out like gangbusters. And also Evan Ingram. Since he's come back from his injury, has really stepped it up big time. He really has, and it, it was great to see yeah, the I, way that they were able to use yes. his athleticism to get him in space, to use that size, to make plays scheme-wise, running the football and catching the football. And those are bright signs of the future and what's to be. And we've seen those throughout this season. It's just that it hasn't remained consistent. And that's something that they're going to have to build upon for this offense and for this unit and I think, think about having Saquon do what he's done this season. Now, add in the equation, if OBJ was out there, what are you going to do with that safety? Are you going to put him down in the box? We'll hit you with quick slants. You move that safety over to bracket coverage to him. Now you have another open running lane to run with Saquon. So there are so many positive things that you can take out of this. But at the same time, you have to be critical because what took place on tape, not having a fast start to the season – Ended up catching up with them, and unfortunately, we're not sitting here talking about a postseason. Yeah, well, a, a couple of things got addressed the last couple of weeks. One was the knuckleheads out there, and, and, and y'all mentioned his name, Bart Scott, who, who two weeks ago going into the um, Tennessee game was saying, "Yeah, well, you know what? If it, if they don't, um, if the Giants win again this week, does it just prove that you know that they don't need Odell? They're a better team without Odell. What are you nuts? <laughs> what are you nuts? And that's a former player. I know. How's that working out? That, I know. That's working out. They didn't miss Odell the last couple of weeks, did they? It's it's incredible. I, I, mean, I mean, that that stuff is just stupidity. I, I I think the guys have played hard. As I watched the game this past week, and I, I would bet that you felt the same way. As I'm watching the game, and and I'm. I'm holding my breath in the fourth quarter because yep. yeah, I'm looking at the score. It says 27-21. I said, this is yeah. not – this has all the makings of another rip your guts out. Uh, I'm saying to myself, but this is why this team is still learning. They got to learn how to finish. That, no question. That was a capsule of, to me, almost the entire season. Absolutely. Finding out ways to get the game into the fourth quarter and finish and it. And finish it. And that's win something. The win quarter. the fourth quarter. And that's something that you gain with experience and learning from adversity on the road. Because when you look at the film from this season, this entire football team, coaches, players, and individual groups, you know that you can go back and pinpoint points in game that were the turning points that 
It wasn't even what the opponent did. It's what you did to yourself, the self-inflicted wounds, based upon not having full confidence in what was taking place out there. That has changed so much throughout this football season. You could see it by their performance. But more than anything that I really, truly think about them, when adversity hit, it would have been very easy to point fingers. Things could have gotten derailed very quickly if it really had that, and they didn't believe in the process. But this football team is not doing that. You can see that there's never been a shutdown. There's never been any rifts in the locker room. They're just trying to figure out ways to win football games and to get back on the right track. All right, 201-939-4513 is the number. Russ Salzberg along with David Deal. Let's open up the phone lines right now, and let's uh, stay local here in New York and check in with Christian. Christian, you're on with Russ and David. How are you doing today? Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you guys, too. Um, well, we just got uh, news about Justin Herbert going back to school. Yeah, he's staying at yeah, Oregon. Uh, yeah, so there's really not going to be a ton of guys this year that would be considered, like, top prospects or anything. But I am a little bit concerned about Eli maybe returning next year because and I understand he can still play. Uh, there's way too much uh, – extremes with this topic you know people either say he's top 10 or he's awful you know he can he can still play but if next season doesn't go well he is going to be taking all sorts of heat and i just i wonder if maybe he should just hang him up while he's still loved by most fans well, he's still loved. I, I mean, I'm going to speak first. Go ahead. Then I'll let the guy who was his teammate <laughs> and friend, you know, on a personal basis talk. Uh, he, he, the heat that he took this year was not just over the top. It was also silly and, and quite frankly, disrespectful. Eli, I've said this several times here. Uh, I've said it to David. I, I don't know a person in my life, forget an athlete. A person. I have not met a more even-keeled person than Eli Manning in any way, shape, or form. No. The crap that he took is ridiculous. It's been disrespectful. You would think it, like he murdered somebody, the, the, some of the stuff. And even the questions today, if you were standing with me around the lock, I was just shaking my head. Uh, do you think this is your last game? Uh, it, it, are you ready to like redo your contract in order to come back? I, it, it's just... It's stupid. I, I mean, you know, Christian, uh, as far as him taking the heat or love by the fans, he'll always be loved by the fans. What the media wants to say and do, uh, for whatever reason, that's their own business. He's always going to be loved by the fans. And heat? Don't worry about the heat with Eli. He, he's got some pretty thick skin. To say the least. I mean, this has been... Throughout his entire career, he's gotten heat, but not obviously to this extent that it's gotten this season. But at the same token, you have to figure out what's next. At some point, you know that there's going to have to be a transition from Eli moving forward to the future. Eli that goes without it. any question. He knows it. It's just how it's going to take place the most efficient way and the best way possible for this organization. And when you look forward to this team coming up, you know at some point it's going to go through draft and free agency, and there will be a quarterback competition in that room. And when you have to take that next step and move forward, if it's not Eli, who's going to do it? There's got to be a veteran leader in there that knows this offense, knows what it takes to be a quarterback in this city and for this organization 
to pass on that knowledge. And I know that you know, the mentorship, you know, all the, the verbiage yeah, on it. He leads by example. And even throughout the time that we were talking about with everything with Geno Smith and Davis Webb years ago, he was sitting in the cafeteria breaking down coverages and different all things from all the time because that's what he does as a leader, not only in that quarterback room, but as a, the leader of this football team by working each and every day, not only by what he says, but by example to make everybody else around him and him to be his best. And, and you know, Christian, listen, we all know that there's a changing of the guard. You know, there's Odell, of course, and there's Saquon, who was born to be a leader, okay? He's got tremendous leadership skills. Make no question about it. Your leader is still in that locker room of this team is the quarterback. And and the guy to my left knows it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I love Eli, but I guess here's my thing. Like, I see it as very unlikely for him to play after 2019. Well, that, that, that's, so, that, that's a fair so, assessment. So what I'm saying is, you know, sure, I think the team will welcome him back. I don't think they'll cut his contract short on him. Uh, but I guess what I'm wondering is if, and I know, I know the fans will always love him overall, but it seems like fans are really souring towards him for his later years. And it's just weird to see such a iconic player be on some consistently underperforming teams like this. And I, I just wonder, you know, if you have a nice win against the Cowboys, maybe you, maybe you think about, you know, just calling it on a good note before nah, nah, things nah, really uh, 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 I, I, I Listen, I don't mean – I'm not cutting you off, Christian. Eli's not – I'm not made. saying base at all on the Cowboys game. No. Nah. I mean, I'm not really saying that. But overall, the decision, you know, do you come back for one more year and, well, let's, you know, well, really – E e Eli is not worried about his feelings here, okay? No. I, he, he's not. <laughs> I mean, I, that that I can say, Christian, you know, and thanks for the call, buddy. I, I, I can say that. Without it, hesitation. Without hesitation. Yes. I, I mean, he's just, he's just, he's not made that way. Um, I, I, and I, quite frankly, yeah, we've gotten some calls this year, but by and large, the great majority of the calls are pro-Eli. I think a lot of the crap that's out there is put out there by some people in the media who have their own agenda. You, you know, they like... Me, the media, it, they're like sharks when it comes to quarterback controversies. It's not just with this team. It's with any team. Let's go ahead. You, you know, that that's it. And when you talk about moving forward to a new quarterback, how often does it take place where that quarterback comes in as a rookie and just has an uncanny season think about some of the greats that have sat out a year look at the kansas city Chiefs. Bingo. look at patrick mahomes you think he's benefited look at aaron Rodgers. look at philip rivers was the backup to drew Brees. there are things that the veteran can teach the younger guys even if it's just for a short span of a season where it can change the confidence in the way that they prepare to know how to prepare and what to look for to put themselves in the best position to succeed. And, and I don't mean to even bring up the other team on the other side, I'm but you don't think it it's a coincidence that after having 14 turnovers, then hurting his foot and sitting out and getting a breather to let Josh McCown run things, him to really digest what he needed to do to improve himself and to come back and play the way that he has? I mean, to say that that, that wasn't a factor in it, would be a complete fallacy. The, I, I, I'm drawing a blank on when they played, not, not this past week, the week before. The Bills. The, the Bills. Yep. 
What was that the set? The set? No, the Saturday night game. Oh, uh, that, no, that was, was the following. It was after the Bills. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, they they played Saturday night. I'm drawing a blank now too. Yeah, I'm drawing. You got me. Good. Keep uh, going. Okay, though. my my point being is this: the the guy who was the uh, check out who, who they I played. Will. My point being, the analyst in that game brought out the very point that David just brought out. So somebody said, boy, he's really improved. And, and the analyst said, you know why he's improved? Because he had to sit down and watch for a few weeks to see what the heck was going on. Absolutely. It was exactly what David just said. So, you know, that helps somebody. You know, that's why, listen, if, if my gut feeling is, I, I, I don't think I'm, I think it's common sense as long as there's somebody that, that they can like or, or, or kind of get an idea of, they're going to draft a quarterback this season. If See? that's the person that they believe in. They that's to, the key. Well, here, here's the question that I have for you, David. And, and I've thought about this. Okay. You draft a quarterback, somebody that you believe in. Great. And, and, you know, what, and then if that quarterback is showing the necessary skills that they believe in, you know, like you say, maybe, he, you know, he sits and watches for sure. a year and, and gets ready to step in. If Eli comes back, I'm not even saying if. Eli comes back next year and has a really good season. They want to think about the following year. Well, that's a nice problem to have to think about. But here's what I pose to you. Okay. Uh, 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 drafting a young quarterback is one thing. Do you want to bring in a veteran quarterback knowing this is New York, the New York area? Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Of course about. I do. So you bring in a veteran. To bridge. Uh, just to bridge. But know full well you saw what was going on this year. You, but if you have a, a, um, a, vet, a veteran you know, for a bridge that you know is not your guy for the future, but just the bridge, the minute Eli stumbles his toe or throws an interception... We got to bring in the new guy, and that's an automatic controversy. Does the organization want to go through that? That's a, a fair question. It's a fair judgment to make, and you know who's going to get the job based upon competition and who performs. Right. Plain and simple. And you know this: when it comes to Eli, he wouldn't back down to any oh, competition. Oh, I don't. No, I'm not whatsoever. talking. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm just saying in general. You know that wouldn't be the case, and you know that's going to be the case in every single room and every single group. On this football team, there is going to be competition to make this roster next season. There's going to be a completely new turnover when we see more of this football team in the spring, like last season going into this season, and even during this season, because the main thing that they talked about from John Mara to Pat Shermer to Dave Gettleman, we're going to get football right here. And you know that they're dedicated to it. Yeah, they have... Uh... They have great attitude, guys. And, and attitude, it's got a lot to do with everything. But the talent has to be commensurate with the attitude. Of course. And, you know, it, it's got to work out together. You know, they have some really good guys, uh, but they need to improve in, in, in a lot of facets. You, you know, when I look at the defense, all, all I've been hearing about, let's talk about the defensive okay. line. All, all I've been hearing about, especially lately, Boy, we miss snacks. Boy, we miss snacks. And I'll tell you from a personal standpoint, I miss snacks. He was one of my favorite guys. You know, I, I like shooting a breeze with him and all that business. And, you know, he's, he's a great, you know, run stopper. 
but he wasn't in their plans to come back next season. And they felt they needed to make an assessment of the young guys this season. And I really do believe that the young guys, and I'm talking about the D Dalvin, Dalvin Tomlinson, B.J. Hill. Hill. You, you, you know, of course, McIntosh was hurt most yep. of the year. I think they benefited from, from getting the chance to play a lot of No down. question. That experience is invaluable to those guys because even though they may have come from Alabama, you get in the trenches of the NFL. You're they, not going up against college kids here. You're going up against grown men that are looking to move you from point A to point B up against your own will that are playing for kids and their family. It's a lot different than playing in college, regardless of what level you're at. So you know that's a huge factor that makes them a better football player because of having the opportunity to play. And in regards to snacks, of course it was great having a sure, run stopper sure. at the nose tackle position when you have a 3-4. But also making that move was also for the future of this organization to free up the money, to get a draft pick, and to move forward and build other pieces around it. You know, I, I always found it funny. The, the there's always continuous talk about thinking about the future, but that that it seems that only applies with the quarterback. It doesn't apply to <laughs> other positions. Just what you're saying, they were thinking about the defensive line for the future. The, there's young guys there; they needed to find out what their deal is, and especially if, if um, Snacks wasn't in their plans to come back. So he wasn't in their plans. There you go. But uh, I, do, I do think that point that, that and, you know, I'm kind of, I'm not glad, but I thought you would agree with that that's a, an interesting area, knowing that if you bring in a veteran bridger or, or to, 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 to at least to compete for the bridge, uh, mm, what do we do here? You know, and, and to me, you're only bringing in that kind of guy, even though you still believe Eli is your starting quarterback. They're not bringing Eli back next year to be the backup. No. The mindset is is to bring him back to be your starting quarterback. Exactly. And, you know, I uh, I firmly believe that will be the case. But it, it's um, – I just – when I watched the game last week, it, it to me that was a capsule of the entire season. It's just we, we kept hearing it till we're blue in the face. Can they finish? Can they finish? Or they can't finish. we got to learn how to win these games. And – win the fourth quarter and I, I know it's a broken record but that's what it is I mean we've seen a lot of games where yeah I mean look at this past game look look at the um the Eagles game look at the, the Panthers game those are three right there yes I mean right there three games but once again we could sit here and go back to each one of those games where there was a moment where momentum could have switched to the Giants favor and they didn't capitalize yeah. on it but those are experiences that are invaluable moving forward because you realize when you're in the season and when you look back on it, how slim the margin of error is. And like I said, 90 times out of the 9,000 times out of 10,000 or however you want to, they're self-inflicted. They're things that you did to yourself to put yourself in that position. Just like you were talking about this last game at the Colts. Moving down, penalty. Moving back. When you're in third and longs on the road and you can't continue to move forward pushing the football by running it, you, any offensive line is going to be in a tough time, let alone one that is still moving together and piecing together, trying to create the best that they can for the future. Well, you've seen the improvement. I mean, it, that's, this is your wheelhouse yeah. I'm going into. You've seen the improvement in the offensive line. 
you know, from the first eight games to where we are now. Of course. Uh, but you've also I've, seen the improvement of the offense at that same time as well. Right. So my question is to you as an offensive lineman, even though we've seen the improvement in the O-line, does it have a long way to go to get to the point of to be, I'm not talking about Super Bowl caliber, caliber f- for going for a division title? Well, I mean, obviously there still are going to be changes, not only to that group, but to other groups as well. And the best thing that they can do is, number one, like we said, finish out the season at their best. But two, you know that there's going to be competition at the positions, especially on the right side of the offensive line. And the one thing that you need at the center position, you need stability. You need somebody that's going to last and be durable for the entire season and that can really have the intelligence to help out a quarterback in tough situations. Because when we were rolling, when Sean was under center, there were things that we can do to change things based upon what we saw or identifying things. When you're having interchangeable centers in there and you're having different guys calling out, not only just the way they see football, but the way that they're going through their protections and their schemes, it's really a lot more on the quarterback to have to digest that, look at the receivers, do everything else moving forward where that center can really take ownership of things up front and it can allow the quarterback to take a deep breath and really digest where he wants to go through his progressions and what the defense is giving him. Uh, Dave, are we looking at a competition in your uh, judgment uh, coming up at the center position between Pulley and Jalapio, Jalapio? It depends on how he feels coming back from his injury. It's plain and simple, but also, you know, that entire right side, there's going to be competition, even with Jamon Brown coming in and then... There's no guarantee that he's going to start and win that position next year. They're going to have to earn it. Right. I I, I would think your left side is solidified. Yeah. Yeah. They they've gotten much better together. Yeah, much. They've much improved. Better, yeah. You could see the communication even on the road, non-verbally. They've definitely ironed things out, and it takes time to get that continuity playing next to somebody. Figure that's been the only stable mainstay on the offensive line. Yeah, I'll tell you something, folks. You, you want to see? I, I used to think, you know, the quarterbacks were me and my shadow with Eli. Uh, and, you know, it, it always was. I mean, you, you spoke about it. I mean, with the quarterbacks this year or last year, be it Geno and, yep. and, and um, uh, Davis Webb. Uh, Nate Solder and Will yeah. Hernandez, I mean, they're always walking together. And that's a, that's great to see. Just like everybody would see me and Rich Soybert together or Chris Nee and Kareem, that's the best way to become a great unit. But to build that trust and accountability, not only in yourself, but in the player next to you that regardless of what takes place, you know you can look at one another and you're going to be fighting not only for each other, but for the rest of the football team. And when you do those things, it's, it's amazing how – it does equate to the way you play as a group out on the football field because you have that reliability, that trust, that confidence that no matter what, we're going to stick together through thick and thin. You are watching Big Blue Kickoff Live here presented to you by Coors Light. The number, as always, is 201-939-4513. I am Russ Salzberg along with David Deal. Let's now head out to California, eh? A little Check warmer in. than here. Yeah, a little warmer. Check in with Mark. Hello, Mark. Happy holidays to you and yours. Happy holidays. How are you guys doing? Great. Doing Mark. okay. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Saquon Barkley. Go ahead. Okay. And so, um, you know, the last two games didn't have 
great numbers. But do you credit that to his offensive line? Because Manning looked decent in that game. He threw a couple of throws. I mean, the interception at the end obviously was typical Manning. But how does Saquon Barkley look this year? 1,000-something yards and about 10 touchdowns, but he has about 90 catches almost. How do you think he looks? (laughs) Off the charts, tremendous. How do you think he looks? I mean, he looks good, but... I mean, do you credit to the offensive line? Offensive line through five games when they went, you know, four and one looked great. But now all of a sudden against Tennessee, whose defense is is good, but not great, made them look a little bit one dimensional. So do you think moving forward, they add to the offensive line or do they add pieces around Manning? Do they get a quarterback? I mean, what do you, Justin Herbert to me looks like Carson Wentz or like a Marcus Mariota. So how do you? Well, Car- well, well, well as we said earlier, oh, uh, J- Justin Herbert's not coming out, so forget. No, that. but I'm also answering well, his question about. Out. Hold okay, on, okay. and I was just answering your question about what you said about the Tennessee game. When you're in weather conditions, yeah, you have to effectively run the football, and part of it is the defense loading up the box to scheme and shadow him as a running back because they know what impact he has on this offense. That's where it was critical to not have the drops at the wide receiver position to open up things, to open up the run game because they had to worry about the threat of play action and the passing game. When you take that away and your receivers aren't dropping the ball, what are you going to do? You're going to move that safety out of the box. Oh, yeah, well, your receivers are dropping well, the ball. Well, Why are you going to respect mean, it? I mean, Sterling Shepard had, Shepard had six catches for 113 yards at the half. And he had four drops. Hold on a second. Yeah, well, yeah but... Okay, but if he wasn't doing it in the first half, I mean, you know, Coach Sherman says spread the ball around. You certainly saw a, a, an excellent performance from Evan Ingram. But going back to what you're saying the last two games, that Mark, you're saying the last two games he wasn't running uh, uh, as well for the yards. Don't you think the factor, you know, every, everybody says, well, it's great, Odell, you know, and he's got um, Saquon now. It's the offensive line. Well, you, yeah. no, Mark, uh, Mark, Mark, listen a second. Everybody says Odell. Well, hold on, Mark. Why are you going to ask a question and give the answer to it yourself, then? You, 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 Mark, you keep talking about the offensive line. Don't you think Odell was missed? When Odell is not in there, don't you think You're it's right. easier for defenses to concentrate on Saquon? And vice versa, if, if, if Saquon's not in there. And not to mention, everybody has their fingerprint on a win or loss. Did the defense hold up in the three of the four drives? In the second half for the Colts, where they scored yeah. touchdowns? Yeah, they did. Yeah, well, they yeah. Did. thanks. For so the... those things go all hand in hand. Thanks for the call, Mark. Appreciate it. Have a good holiday. You know, it, it's funny. How long did it, you say that Saquon? Oh, he looked okay. He looked it, all right. It, it's, yeah, he's good. He's good. I, yeah, and th- then the other thing is it's always when there's a drop or an incomplete pass, it's the quarterback's fault. All, they never look at the other factors. Might it have been a drop by the receiver? Might it have been the receiver being in the wrong spot? Might it have been the offensive line not supplying the protection? Might it have been the quarterback throwing to the wrong place? There's so many there's like variables. Five, yes. five or six variables that could be, but it's always Eli. Because that's the agenda this season. And, and it just is. And again, I've said this before, we're not, this is not the Eli Manning Chamber of Commerce. Oh, we're not absolving anybody no, from anything. But, but, and Eli will be the first guy. Yeah. He never absolves himself. In fact, he takes the heat. Of course Even he when it's not his fault. But, I mean, is Saquon, yeah, he's good, but. 
I mean, I mean, what am I? I don't get that. I just, it, it's really surprising. I, I mean, uh, the only reassuring thing, it's, it's not just, it's not just Eli. Now it's Saquon so-so. Oh, no. Men's a men's, as and, they say. And granted, this is, he's learning in the fire. He's learning his rookie year. Each and every game you, you go out there, you're not going to be able to give those big runs, but you have to get gritty runs. And these are all, like I said, for a young player like him to have this type of season in his rookie season to be a pro bowler and who should be the rookie of the year, this, the arrow's only going this way. It's only going to get better. Is it this way or straight up? Straight up. Yes, right. Because you think of now having a full year digesting and understanding this offense, think about how many other packages that they're going to be able to come up with next season on where to put him and to be able to move him around the field. Think about how they do it with Christian McCaffrey. Look at his effectiveness going from his first year to his second year. It's unbelievable. And, and I do like something that I heard uh, him say, uh, when I say him, uh, Saquon say, okay. he, he was asked, I forget who asked, it, just recently, I mean, I've heard him talk like that, but it, it was just recent, asked about, you know, if there's an area where he'd like to see his game improve. He said pass receiving. And I could understand that. Yeah. You know, I mean, as far as the running game, you know, it clearly he was helped, you know, vastly by the improvement of the offensive line. When I say, yes. because the first half of the season, a lot of the yards, he, he, listen, he has the ability to make those spectacular 50, 70 yard runs, whatever it is. A lot of those he'll make on his own. Yes. But that's not just what it's about. It, it's seeing those seven, eight yard runs, 12 yard runs, even five and four as opposed to a negative one. Remember, that first half of the season, he was leading the league, I believe, in negative yard rushes. Not to mention, you realize now with the speed, how much smaller an NFL hole is compared to what it is in college. The timing that you have to hit it with and the acceleration, and to know if there's nothing there, put my foot in the ground and go north and south and get the most that I can out of it. And you've seen him develop throughout this entire season to where he isn't trying to bounce everything out like he was in the beginning because of the athletic ability of the linebackers and the defensive ends to chase him down. He was able to break that into only knowing when he saw that safety or that corner crashing down that he could out-leverage him with the speed. That's a big difference. Yeah, you, you know, uh, you weren't seeing as much of the jitterbugging. Like, no. Looking for the spot as you were seeing. You were seeing the confidence in running the football. Yeah, you brought up something before. And you talk, when you talk to a guy coming into the league, almost to a man, they all say that, well, especially skill position players, all, all, almost to a man, when you say, what's the biggest difference between a college game and the pro game, they all say the speed of the game. And it, it's not a cliche, it's the <laughs> truth. In college, you could have a blitz like a Sam Mike scrape, and you could get it out late and still pick it up. In the pros, the scheme, the design, the speed, the way that the, they hit just with precision, you're saying look out is what you're doing because there's no way to catch up to it. Is it the same thing for rookie offensive linemen coming in? Like for a rookie offensive lineman, what's the biggest difference coming into the league as opposed to being on the line in college? The, the strength of the, the players strength, that you're going the, yeah. up against. And you, you don't have any weeks where you know that you're going to go into this football game and just straight dominate where you did in college. Like, okay, I, I got this one. Not that you're not preparing, not that you, but you just have that confidence that I'm going to be able to just manhandle this guy. 
when you come in as a rookie, not only are you learning an entire new scheme of what defenses are coming at you with, but you're learning the individual players' strengths and weaknesses and how to break those down because when you're a rookie, they're throwing everything that they can at you to see if you can adjust to it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But to, to me, you know, when they talk about other positions, a skill position is something else. But when you talk about, for example, offensive linemen, uh, offensive linemen come into the league and, you know, they're big, strong, yeah. strapping guys. Uh, but if you let's say you're a 22-year-old, you, you come into the league and you're playing – but now you're playing against some 26, 27, 28-year-old men who have the experience over you, and it's like, whoa. You know, that- I'll tell the story. I, after I got drafted to be a New York Giant, the following week we had a rookie minicamp out here in East Rutherford. Fly out, land at Newark, scout picks me up. We go to the old Giant Stadium, park up, walk down the tunnel below. I walk into the locker room. I see my locker, and it has my name on there. I'm like, wow. This is cool. Sure enough, here comes walking somebody around the corner. Hey, man, what's up? I'm like, hey. I turn to the scout. I'm like, who was that guy? And they're like, oh, that's Keith Hamilton. There's our three technique. I'm like, wait, what? That's the first guy. I'm like, I'm going to have to block that guy in practice every single day. And talk about an eye-opener because he is one of the biggest individuals. And he was a grown man walking by me. Right there instantly, you know that this is no joke anymore, and you have some people out there that it's not like college where they're out there fighting, scratching, and clawing not only to stay in the league, but to also have pride in what they're doing. Yeah, I I always got a kick. You mentioned, like, you can be, you know, look, we talked about Dalvin before, uh, Thomason. Yeah, you can be coming from Alabama, but you get to the pros, it's a different deal. Like, I always laugh when people would say, Boy, that Alabama team, they could beat a pro team. No, that ain't happening. No, that's not, not happening. No, not, they, not, don't, don't get me wrong. There not, is quality and talent there, but that's a, a whole different animal different, we're talking different about. Different beast. Absolutely. The college game and a pro game, different beast. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go down to our friend in North Carolina. Say hello and a Merry Christmas and happy holidays to Phil. How you doing, buddy? You're on with Rutz. Oh, Philly. Oh, we lost Phil. Give us a call back, Phil. We'll put you back up. 201-939-4513, the number. There, Phil. We lost North Carolina. The the um, But, yeah, I, I mean, I always feel that about offensive linemen. That, that's, to me, other than the skill position, I, I just think, you know, when, when you see young guys in other sports is one thing. Football, it's grown men. Yeah. And, and it's tougher to be a young guy in There's, football it, than the other sports. You have to be mentally tough. Yeah. Mentally, because things aren't always going to be perfect, like in college. All right, Phil is back, back up. We got Phil back up. How you doing, Phil? Happy holidays. You're on with Russ and David. Uh, hey, thank you, guys. I'm, I'm sorry. It may be something that I'm doing on this end because I'm kind of phone illiterate. But anyway, uh, so so always good to hear David talking about blocking and stuff. And, and I'm going to throw another variable in on the Saquon thing. Could it be that he's hitting his rookie wall? Because, I, you know, I'm trying to factor in all the things that have caused diminished uh, return the last uh, two games. And it seems like a few times when he has a little space, he, his legs don't seem as fresh as it was in the first couple of games. And and so so that's something. And, and one other thing I want to add uh, – 
is uh, David mentioned Keith Hamilton, the hammer, and he was always one of my favorite players. And, and it still irks me to this day that 2000 Super Bowl, he got called for hold, defensive holding defensive when holding. Jesse Armstead picked, had that interception. So I'm going to uh, uh, listen off the air, and uh, thank you very much, guys. Happy holidays. All right, Phil, thank you. You know, first of all, take into account, there's no Odell Beckham Jr. out on the field. And when you're playing up against the defense – and their whole main objective is to stop you. They will find ways to stop you, to open up things for other guys to make plays, but that didn't happen consistently. I don't think he hit a rookie wall. I don't think that that's the case whatsoever. I think that other teams and other defenses realized that this offense was going through him without Odell Beckham Jr. on there, and their main number one goal was to shut him down. I, I, I agree with you. I, you know, I've been asked that. You know, you think he's getting tired? Well, I think everybody gets tired. You know, if, if he's getting tired, he's not alone. I think everybody gets tired. I just, listen, it, you're not talking about they just had a receiver out. You had one of the best receivers in all of football sitting exactly. out. And that's going to factor in. You know, that's why I was giggling a couple of weeks ago and taking people to task. Anybody who says the Giants would be better without Odell or this other narrative that Odell is soft because he doesn't really want to play is, is, is just stupidity. Because I, I watch yeah. how hard he's working. I've seen him there you know, working alone. I, I mean, it's killing him. Go ask his teammates. It's killing him not to be there. But it is what it is. And, and then the questions, you know, they keep asking Pat Shermer. Well, then there's the flip side of it. The flip side is... Is it worth risking him to be hurt? Because, and, and my question on that, my, my, my answer to that is, you risk getting hurt when you sign your NFL contract and put on the uniform. That comes with the territory. You have the opportunity and the chance that you could get hurt just walking out to practice. We've seen things that it's been non-contact yep. where it's happened. Every time you put on a helmet... There is that chance. But you don't live by that chance or fear. You live by your expectations and being a professional week in and week out. And whatever you start, you finish. And that's an example that you set as a veteran on a football team. You, you know, that, I'll tell you also where that narrative goes about is it worth the risk. See, certain people are throwing that out in the media. Is it worth the risk? Hoping, because this is how the mindset works. Yeah, If he gets hurt... Bingo, now I can take the Giants to task. I can take Sherman to task. I can take Odell to task. It, it's just nonsensical thinking. Getting hurt, like, and Odell says, yeah, you can get hurt. You, 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 you risk every day. I just, I just laughed some of those same people saying that, oh, well, what about next season? You don't want him to get injured. Were the same people arguing when he got his new contract. He's not durable. He doesn't finish all throughout the season. He doesn't. You can't have it both ways. Well, but that's that's the way they want it. it it's just, uh, I mean, the thought of him, <laughs> the team would be better off without him. I mean, that's like Christmas being better without Santa Claus. <laughs> True. <laughs> Am I right? True. He makes everybody better on the field. I, I mean, it, it, it's just it's some of the stuff this season and, and you know, remarks like that are just laughable. It, it, it really is. I, I just... You're talking about a not a quality player. You're one of the best players in the league, period. Would the Giants be better off without him? I, I mean, and, and 
then what was the other one today? Yeah, Saquon's good, but but what, what? there's no but. I mean, you know he 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 is just so flat out dynamic, Saquon. And but the other thing that I've said about Saquon, I don't ever remember a rookie in this town, and I've said it, folks. You've heard me say it on several occasions this season. I don't ever remember a rookie in any sport, including Derek Jeter, come in so grounded and level-headed with the leadership no skills as, as, as Saquon. And remember something. I'm not taking I'm, – I'm a big Derek Jeter guy. I'm not taking anything away from Derek. But Derek didn't come in as a rookie with the fanfare. No. Because you're talking about the number two pick exactly. overall. Yes. You know, he was – Derek was, I think he was fourth or fifth, but it, it's different. You it know is. It's different. It, it, it's different. Oh, our buddy from Columbia, Maryland, Len, is on the line. <laughs> How you doing, Len? Welcome. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, my friend. Thank you. The same to you and, and to David as Thank well. Thank you, Len. What can as we well. help you with? What do you got today? Well, hey, listen, uh, entertaining game on Sunday. Um, you know, disappointing uh, the way it ended. Obviously, you know, you get... I mean, you get down to the last minute, 55 seconds, and the thing turns around. Um, yeah, it hurts. Kinda, and we've seen that second half of the season. We've seen that three or four games. I guess even if you throw the Bears game in there, it's like four games. You get to the last minute, and, you know, things happen. We just can't seem to, you know, can't seem to close it out. I, I wish I knew what the what the answer was. Um, it's learning. Yeah. We've been talking about it. I don't know if, don't know if you've just tuned in, Len. You know, David. No, I, I heard the whole show. I've yeah, heard the whole well, show. Well, it's learning to close the deal, to finish the yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably it. Hey, Russ, let me, let me tell you one. Related to what we're talking about, and David will appreciate this, um, 1955, Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh-huh. Beat the Yankees four games to three. Yes, They won world. You know the famous World Series win. Russ will remember it. John, well, I, that, listen, I was four at the time. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. No, you won't remember it. Johnny Padres, uh, Johnny game Padres seven. They win two nothing. Two nothing. Yes, two sir. outs in the bottom. Two outs in the bottom of the ninth. When the game was over, somebody asked Pee Wee Reese, "What were you thinking about with two outs, bottom of the ninth, game seven? He said, "Please don't hit the ball to me." <laughs> Hilarious. So what did Elston Howard do? He hit a ground ball to Pee Wee Reese. He yeah. picked it up. He threw to Hodges. Game over. Dodgers win the World Series. It worked. It worked out for them. But David, I wonder how much of that is in this in this defense. Um, you, you know. Oh, I hope the play doesn't come my way. Um, you know, looking for somebody else to make the play. Now maybe there's not enough leaders on the field. You know, what, is, is that possible, David? I mean, you get to the end here, and people start looking around like, who's going to make a play? Oh, I hope the ball doesn't come my way. It is. It's a fair question. But to be honest with you, I don't think it's more about I don't want to make the play somebody else should. I just think it's a part of the fundamentals, the details that go along with playing in the NFL. Think about down on the goal line. The Curtis Riley blitz off of the edge. Oh, oh boy, was that a classic! That play. is yeah. a prime example, not of not wow. wanting to make the play, but not yeah. doing it with the proper technique. Because what you're told to do is to scrape right off of the edge. Therefore, you're not going to get out leveraged, and if they do hand off the football, you're not going to get beat upfield and get cut underneath. It's a prime example of a well-designed defensive scheme and play called for that specific reason. That, 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 but the details of it weren't 
carried out. You know, Len, uh, the play that, that uh, David's talking about, that jumped off the screen at you. It was like the cartoon. Whoops, which way did he go, boss? Which way did he go? And the other thing is in the games, <laughs> in the, in the games post right. by that, that was, the Giants. That was really, that, you know, that was really something. That was a strange one. Well, David, back on. to the, you know, along, the, the, along the same lines, I just want to ask you your, your own feeling. You're, you're on the sidelines in that 07 Super Bowl. You're getting ready to go back in the last series. There's the classic picture of, you know, of Strahan yelling at the offensive line there. What do, what do you guys think? What are you thinking, David, when you go in for that last series where Eli took you down the field, the, the Tyree catch, the pass to Burris at the end? What, do you, what are you thinking, David? No penalties, no sacks. Get up, get set, communicate, and go out there and get the job done, plain and simple. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 can, I can remember you in those scenes, David, uh, you know, the films of, of, of Michael sitting there trying to spur you guys on and I'm 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 looking at you and there was there was a, a look in your eye like we're not gonna lose this game. No, we had confidence. Just give us the yeah, opportunity and we I, gotta I, go I get it done. I could see it. I could see it. You didn't you didn't need Michael and he's a he's a great player. I'm I'm not this is not a knock knock on Michael. But you did you guys at that point didn't need that. I got the oh, feeling plan to sit here and say uh, a perennial Hall of Famer, All-Pro, Pro Bowler, who's a legacy going in front of you, cheering you on to say that that's not a, a good factor to look at in his final season as a Giant. Yeah, do, did we need the words of, of encouragement? We knew what we had to do. But the yeah. magnitude of the situation with Michael right there definitely yeah. intensified the situation. Yeah. Len, Len, I'm going to tell you something. That little speech there to the offensive line by, by Stray, is one yeah. of the things I will always remember in sports for yep. two reasons. Number one, it was, it was just what, what what David said. It was about a future <laughs> Hall of Famer. The other thing was that impressed me, and I mean this in the most comp complimentary way, Dave, the intensity and the, the way you guys were staring at every word he was saying, like almost like young kids listening to a coach was like, yeah, like we're going to go out. It's like... Let's get him, man. No, no, no. <laughs> it's true. That, that was the attitude. Now, I'm not saying that it had to be, Michael, but that sure as hell didn't hurt. And why were we able to have that confidence and that look in our eye? We won 11 straight games on the road. We won yeah. how many games with late fourth quarter drives or, yep. or drives in overtimes to win football games? And it yeah. was all based upon our preparation and getting it done and not having the mishaps that sometimes take place during those yeah. things. Look at it this last game uh, or games this weekend where you're running down the clock and you see a wide receiver go to throw the football to the official instead of handing it to him. We've yeah. seen it where the official drops the ball. That ball's rolling all over the place. That's yeah. four or five seconds to where they're not setting it up all based upon not being detail-oriented and doing it. Yeah. No, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, listen. That, let me. Let me. Can I ask? Can I ask one more question? Sure, sure you, you, you can ask this, one this, more. This is going to be a tough question to answer, but I'd, I'd appreciate your input on this. Look, there's there's no way to get around the, the seven year record. I mean, whether you look at it from individual, whether you look at the last seven years, whether you look at it in the division. I mean, the division record shows us to be non-competitive. I mean, we're well below 500, and if you look at the overall record. I, I mean, it's it's well below 500. I mean, I mean, there are there are problems. What what do you guys see as one change 
that can move us toward the playoffs next year. Well, Len, you're talking I about... I mean, where, where do we start? Len, you're talking Dave. about a time period that Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer weren't in control of. So we can't sit here and put that on them. But the thing that you can say that you can look forward to, look at Saquon Barkley. Look at the season he had. Look at the fact that this is an organization and people in charge like Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer that aren't scared to make moves to help yep. their football team when they know it's the right call. Patrick O'Malley, well, Eric Flowers. I would agree with that. Here, in the past, weren't those guys that would just about cling Saquon, on? And I, you know, how many times have we heard over the last seven years we've wasted Eli's best years? You know, we haven't surrounded him with enough players. We've wasted his years. Are we going to get to a point where we're going to be saying the same thing about Barkley? Well, I mean, look at the last two games, David. But it was I Odell mean, Beckham Jr. out on the field. I mean, the yardage. I mean, it's just not there. The was o- never had a chance. Lad was the most dynamic receiver out on the football field for those games. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, Did, And when there were openings, because they had a loaded box and a player shadowing Saquon in the Tennessee game, were there opportunities that there were drops by the wide receiver that opens up the running game to give more flexibility and where you can open up your schemes? Yeah, we got to get it blocked yeah. up, David. Well, even with that, when there were chances for receivers to make plays, they didn't make those plays. All of yeah, these things go hand in hand because, once again, being able to run the football helps an offensive yeah. line play better throughout a game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess my I guess my question was more out of frustration than criticism. Well, that's what it sounded and, and like. I, I hope you guys took it that way. Yes, I, yes, we this did. This wasn't criticism as much as it was, you know, as, as much as it was frustrating. I mean, the the uh, the losers are piling, the losses are piling up. I mean, they're piling up. I, I mean, you know, you just look at our two year records, you know, let alone well, seven but, year but, record. But, I mean, but, the, but, the, Len, the Len, so so it is. You know, it's it's Len, frustrating Len, for the fans. I'm sure it's frustrating for the players and it's, ownership. It's, it's, it's all over the building. Us, I agree huh? with that. But, but he's you know, yeah, he's Len, Len, listen, buddy, we got to go. Thank you <laughs> okay, for the call. Okay, hey, thanks, thanks anyway. Listen, happy New Year. Yeah, we don't talk again. You too. You too, buddy. <laughs> God bless. Well, he gets rolling but, and he but goes. You, but you see, you can hear the frustration, the frustration. coming out of it. You, you very well you said it very well. You, you, listen, I get from a fan standpoint, you're talking about the seven years of this and that. But this, you can't this change is, that. This is Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer's first year, okay? They got nothing to do. You know, that was other people. It's another situation. This is a new regime, you know, uh, and and Dave brought it up. When he had to cut his losses, he wasn't sitting there waiting for it to be proven right. No. Okay, I got to get rid of Omame. In fairness with the Eric Flowers, I thought he did the right thing. He, he was saying everybody gets a clean slate. He gave him a chance. It didn't work out. And it so, sends a message to the rest and of the that, locker room. Exactly. And the other thing is, is that when we sit here looking forward, yes, was it perfect? Was it seamless? Was was it consistent? No. But post-buy, we've seen bright spots. We've seen progress, not only as groups, but as individual players. And that's all you want to see, to have something to look back on in this season, that there is something to hang your hat on, that there are strengths, but there are also weaknesses. How do we balance those out and put ourselves in the best position not only just to win next season, but to win the division. That's your number one goal right. because that secures your spot in the playoffs. But to make a run because, like I said, year in and year out, 
The NFL changes. The parity is even that much tougher when you're playing in the NFC East. Look at this season. Look at it. Yeah. Every year there's a, either a new winner or every year there's a team that gets hurt or the, every year there's a team that doesn't hit their expectations. What year is it going to be next year? It's all based upon what they do in this offseason, what they do to improve this football team, and what they do to produce wins out on the field next season. You know, Bill Parcells, I, I've said this, you heard me you say, quote him several times, Parcells always used to say, all you got to do is get into the tournament. That's it. That's all you got to do. And no better example of that, this guy and his two Super Bowl championship teams. No better example of that. Exactly. Okay, one was a, divini- was a division winner. One was a wild card. But the bottom line is, you, you played in the wild card games. Yes. I, I mean, you were. Yeah, we were the underdog. That, Nobody that picked was, us to win. That was it. But that's all you need is just that opportunity, and you can capitalize on it. Yeah. It's I, not about those 17 weeks. It's about that one game. It, it, and, and getting hot at the right time. But the, the goal is to get in. And that's why when people say, um, how far off are the Giants? I'm not saying the Giants are going automatically winning the division uh, next year, the NFC East. But, you know, we – whether this season is disappointing or not with five wins, it's still a better season than last season. Yes. You, you know, like if you want to go by the numbers, okay, so you got two more wins than last year. But there's a different attitude. There's a different locker room. And that counts for something. Yes, it does. And when I say something, a big something, not yes, a little it does. something. It does. You know, the one thing that was always constant when you played, and I remember it, was a good locker room and we have a good locker room covering the giants this year it's a good locker room with good with good guys all of them and they root for one another that's it that that becomes the bottom line i i just um listen it's the end of the season nobody likes you know i've said this and, and people have taken me to task when i say nobody hates the losing more than the players I still maintain that. And trust me, as miserable as the fans are, talking to those guys in the locker room, none of them are happy about going home. No. None of them that, are happy that about Monday, Monday. garbage day is, bag day is the worst. Yeah, it is. It is. It's just nobody likes it. Not the players, not the, not the guys asking the players the no. questions. Nobody likes it. No. The season's coming to an end. But having said that, this edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live is coming to an end. Uh, our thanks to Dave Dominic across boy, the way. Uh, my thanks to my buddy here, David Deal. As always, to you fans out there, I am Russ Salzberg. Uh, we won't be speaking to you until, at least I won't be speaking to you until um, January 2nd, which will be next Wednesday. But until then, have yourselves a happy holiday. Happy holidays. If you're going out on the road that night, make sure you drive safe. Be well. All the best to you and your families. See you next week.